0: Hey, welcome to the CTO studio this week. I talked to Jesus Lizama. He is an engineer turned CTO of a rapidly growing agency. They're doubling their revenues every year. Hear about how he's managing his team, his growth, and a very special story for us immigrants. Cheers. I have
1: a wonderful electronic invention I want you to see. (laughs) It it looks something like this.
0: Welcome to the CTO Studio. I'm your host, Etienne de Bruin. The CTO Studio is where we chat with CTOs building amazing products with incredible teams. Have you chatted with a CTO lately? Jesus Lazama. Hello, this is me. Welcome to the CTO studio. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Thanks do you for know, having me. Do you know what a CTO studio looks like?
1: Uh, no, for me, it's like a dungeon. You know, I imagine some arcade machines, a ping pong table. The Incredible Hulk, a yeah. life-size doll, yeah,
0: yeah. He-Man. Yeah, He-Man. You're right, I I should do a better job. I think when CTO studio becomes huge, mm-hmm. we'll have people sponsor us with those types of things. <laughs> we definitely need an arcade Big dog
1: and I, I just today I was pitching uh, some of our guys to get Marvel versus Capcom too. You know, you, know, you need a classic <laughs> like that. You need it.
0: So um, we're in Los Angeles, and so tell me a little bit. So you're CTO of Studio Three, mm-hmm. and um, you and I had a great chat before this about the niche that you've carved out for yourselves. So tell me a little bit about what Studio Three does.
1: Yeah, so Studio Three is a full, you know all-encompassing uh, marketing company. We specialize in digital marketing, but we do, you know, print, we do photo shoots, everything. You can, you know, the way I like to pitch Studio 3 is you can come to me with an idea or come to us with an idea and we can give you a product.
0: So when you say print, is that when you take ink and you spread it out on a physical substance?
1: You know, I've, I've only seen, uh, you know, this, this technology, archaic <laughs> technology once or twice, so I, I don't know. I don't know what uh, it uh, is.
0: It sounds like f- the future... It could be, it could be. I mean, to have uh, something be permanent on a physical object, that sounds amazing compared to what we have
1: now. I can only, you know, I only think in virtual, so I can't even comprehend this. (laughs) This is beyond me right now.
0: So you, are you a co-founder of Studio 3? No. And so how did you join and and how did you you grow into this role? Uh,
1: Yeah, so prior to working at Studio 3, I was going to college uh, and I was working there as a math mentor. So I worked with the math department, even the computer science department at times. And I think I was on break and I was like, you know, I I really want to I really want to just start programming, like just let's see if I can get a job. So I remember (coughs) Christmas Eve, I went out, I started sending out a bunch of resumes on Craigslist, by the way. And, yeah, I got the job through Craigslist. I got interviewed, and within a week, I was told – I remember I asked, I was like, hey, what do you guys – am I going to get the job? Because otherwise, I'll just go back to school and keep working as a mentor. They're like, no, 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 you're good. So that's kind of how it began. Well,
0: how did they – what what coding test did they have you do?
1: Um, it was really just – they just threw me into the water, and they're like, okay, we've got a project we need you to build. Go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it was just a website. It was, you know, we built. It was building a website with PHP, HTML, CSS, all that stuff, and mm-hmm. and I grew from there. Yeah,
0: um yeah, I I love those stories. And then so you you signed on as a software developer, mm-hmm. and then and then what happened?
1: And then uh kind of grew into. Were you, a more were of a you
0: like dev- <laughs> developer number one?
1: No, there was another developer. Yeah, he's okay. still at the company. He's a really okay. good friend of mine. Uh, Ex- except I, I i came from a more computer science background like mm. that was my major mm. in, in, in school so i came in and uh, you know off the bat i i kind of changed the, uh, a few things like mm. this was before mobile responsive design was like fully out and like mm. you know priority so i came in and i was like oh we could start doing responsive websites quick so you know mm. quickly I, I came in and mm. dropped in some technologies that i knew were going to be helpful you and were like
0: dude the cs major is in the house
1: <laughs> right uh, and then became lead lead developer yeah. you know after you know maybe a year or so okay and then from there on uh, the company kept growing you know we kept needing more and more developers and uh the way i got the role of cto actually i was think i was i was thinking about this during my drive here i was like oh that might get asked, so <sighs> might as well remember. So I, I, I remember I had a, a meeting with HR, and uh, the meeting was just simple. I think everyone was having these HR, yeah, and we don't. I know it's we have an HR department, but it's not <sighs> like crazy. It's not what we're thinking. Uh, and she asked me, uh, "Where do you see yourself in five years?" And I said, "Honestly, I, I see myself as CTO of this company in five years." And you know great thing I said that because our CEO at the time he was already thinking this so Ooh. a week after that conversation he pulls me in we go to you know we go to lunch and he's all like hey I want to make you the CTO so I'm glad you know we're wow. we're on the same page and, <clears throat> and you know a few months after that I I was a CTO and
0: suddenly you were kind of, everyone's boss <laughs> yeah yeah. how did that go
1: great I mean great I, you know it really doesn't change anything for me uh, hierarchies are flat for me <laughs> and there's really no such thing as a hierarchy at least how I see it and so, you know, it's the same position, really, as mm. I feel like what I used mm. to be, except now I'm more involved in some of the, the strategy, the mm. business mm. strategy, which, you know, it's still something I'm learning about. Mm. But, uh, you know, I'm still a developer. I still sometimes I don't, you know, sometimes I go to meetups, for example, and I don't introduce myself as a CTO. I just say I'm a, I'm a web developer and, or software engineer or whatever, just because I, I still want that. You
0: know, it's a big part of me. But then they see that you were nominated as CTO of the year of, uh the <laughs> LA Business Journal.
1: Sure, that was that was pretty yeah. awesome. That was pretty awesome, I will say.
0: Wow. Yeah. How how was that?
1: That was amazing. Uh I definitely felt like I didn't belong <laughs> just because of the big names that were there. They were talking CTO of the Clippers, CTO of LA, which I didn't know we had a CTO, but there's a CTO. Uh playboy verizon disney all these other great companies you know and i'm right there there's 40 of us that were you wow. know nominees and so just being amongst mm. that crowd and 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 uh, you know it was amazing i was sitting in the same table as the cto of la and then i, I had a really good conversation with the cto of the clippers and it was just amazing you know just an, uh, kind of like what i would imagine having cto's conference could be like you know you're you're meeting all these people from the area and you're you're
0: well and they and they have a genuine interest in you and your growth yeah now is clippers is it is that a like a hair salon or a studio
1: (laughs) it's a basketball team (laughs) of course i know you're joking you're joking but uh
0: uh so are you a a basketball fan no not at all (laughs) my son is really into it really he's only 10 but now as a south african i have to as a South African dad, mm-hmm. I have to feign interest in the rules <laughs> and the 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 league and it's mm-hmm. tough. Yeah, I know, I know. Although of all the American sports, I, I think just shockingly basketball seems like the most interesting one to me. Really? Because I still think that it's a marvel that you can throw a ball, like every shot isn't guaranteed. Yeah, yeah. It's fantastic and you
1: see these guys playing like, you know, their their control with the ball and, and their
0: individual just Yeah, and even skill. even
1: teamwork. Like you see someone like LeBron who just has somehow he has like a bird's eye view of the whole game and he can he just understands everything. It's it's fantastic. It is a it's a beautiful sport.
0: It is beautiful. So you 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 are your mate CTO. Mm-hmm. Um did you uh like what was the first i would say obstacle that you feel you faced where you were like uh-oh i think maybe this isn't quite what i what i had in mind
1: Um i don't know if i've experienced that yet we definitely have experienced like technological problems or one of the first tasks that i was given is hey we need to build this reporting platform like and so i you know i come from a, a background of building websites that were pretty much static there was some you know business logic involved, but not too much. And so finally I have to build this full-on MVC, you know, application. And, and it was, you know, although it was CTR, it's still, like, hands-on developer. So it was a lot of technologies that I had to fully grasp real fast and build something, an MVP, you know, within months. And then after a year, you know, we finally had a working mm. working system that was super useful for the company.
0: Did you... Um, were you part of the decision to build that product or was that mostly already decided and you, you just had to execute?
1: Yeah, no, I was, I was definitely very involved and in fact, extremely involved in every aspect of it. I designed it, everything, you know, like we, it was mainly me and the CEO who were, we got together and we're like, okay, where can we, where can we come together right now and build something that's going to be super useful for the company? And that's, I think what we decided on.
0: And did you can you remember the first person you hired? The first person
1: I hired? Um yeah. Yeah, there was a few. Uh the You're, first person was Leo. He was he's no longer at the company, he didn't last too long. Uh <laughs> hiring has always been very hard for oh, us. Very, tough. very, very hard, yeah.
0: Hiring is tough. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and do we you, still do don't you, have that right. Do but. you think Leo is no longer with you because you hired because of you or be, I mean, it's a bit of a sensitive question, but do you feel like, um, that first hire was, was, was a real challenge for you as a CTO? Yeah, definitely. Because like an engineer turned CTO
1: you, Oh, so you mean hiring, hiring after I became CTO. Yes. So I I take it back. This is before I was CTO. I was, I was involved in the interview process for hiring developers prior to that. If we're talking about CTO, I do think, yeah, I remember he's now our lead dev. So he's okay. a, So it's actually a completely different story. <laughs> completely. <laughs> the
0: moral of the story is when you, when you're not the hiring manager, the it's a, it's an unsuccessful hire. Yeah. <laughs> when you are the hiring manager, it's a successful one.
1: Yeah. And I think it definitely has to do. Now I have a different mindset where <gasps> I'm now responsible for the success of the company. I'm responsible for the success of the, our engineering team. So, there's more. There's more to it than than just you know being a, you know. I feel uh, you yeah, yeah responsible for mm. the success of it. How long have you been
0: in this role? Two
1: TTO. two years. And
0: so? and what do you feel if you reflect on the two years? What do you feel you've grown the most at, or had to grow the most at?
1: I think the most is uh, being able to delegate because I come mm. from. Being the person it. that you know, you have to solve all the problems, mm. and and you have to learn to don't get to not be so attached to to certain problems or certain projects, and
0: you know, mm. just
1: choose the right people to 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 work on it with you.
0: Are you still reviewing pull
1: requests? Yeah, I still I still look at it. I mean, I'm still committing. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm still actively contributing to our mm. code bases.
0: Yeah. But you don't have a bottleneck where you have to review all. Pull requests. No, no. Okay. In fact,
1: um, we have certain repositories where I trust our engineers, and, and there are certain things that I, I don't even—I don't feel like I need to look mm. at it. I, mm. I think I think we've developed a, a level of trust within certain projects that mm. I, I don't think it, it, it's needed.
0: Yeah, a difficult journey for me was when my engineers started rejecting my pull requests. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's uh, you know, sometimes they're just better people. They're better at their job. So let them let them do it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I uh in, in in probably much like you, I developed I was the core developer of our first product and uh it was very difficult for me to let go. Yeah. Very difficult. Yeah
1: it's it still is
0: <laughs> and, I, and i and i and I think I had it all sugar coated as I'm this nice person who can' it's easy to talk to, but on the inside, I was a maniac hmm. i was I was obsessed of uh, you know my ideas being pushed forward, yeah, yeah, and then I had to learn that uh your 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 people are, are, are you're there to lift them up and Mm -hmm. higher than you yeah yeah and that sounds like such a cliche when you say it but when you have to do it (laughs) it's 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 incredibly difficult it is it is very difficult yeah um one of the one of the key um focuses that i've learned over the years that a cto should have is on tooling is to be able to provide tools that 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 makes life as easy as possible for your team yeah and uh, helps you accelerate your your whatever the mundane tasks are and i i and I see you know when we spoke you mentioned that you were able to do that as as part of some of your accomplishments yeah tell me about that
1: um yeah so for in terms of in terms of overall company, I think it's very important because uh, sometimes sometimes I think people think that CTO is, you know, you're, you're definitely very involved with the development team, but there's also that other area where I, I try to be involved in other areas. So one of the one of the biggest things we did was switch over to Slack, you know, switching to Slack. Before that, we had AOL. I think we were using AOL and email, you know, and it was just, it worked, I guess, but it wasn't what it is now. And even more recently, we switched over to Airtable to look at, do all of our project management. And that was fantastic. It's, it's great. So, I think as CTO, you have to look at all the tools that are available. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to build everything. You have to. I think you have to be resourceful and find tools that are already existing out there that you can implement into your company organization, and and being, a, being able to like be effective with that. And mm-hmm. in, and also in terms of development as well. Except, I I, I try to give our team more flexibility, and I, I let them experiment and find tools for themselves sometimes I do find really cool ways of doing something and I'll like off, you know, offer of that as an option. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think, our I, I'm developing, I, you know, I'm fostering this kind of like just culture of, of, of being self, self-dependent and, you know, creating tools for your own self and for mm-hmm. your own teams. Mm-hmm. Cause we have, our, our development team is actually separated into different teams. There's like, you know, development team that's working on new projects and then there's another team that's working on existing projects and then there's like our r&d team which we're you know we're building like new doing research and uh, building new software like completely radically new software
0: and uh which teams wishes they could be the other team (laughs) I don't know. I think. I think everyone. I think everyone's happy. Yeah,
1: I, I would cool. love to try just a roll swap for a day and see what happens. I'm sure people would not be happy. Yes. yes. <laughs>
0: I, I mean, I think that uh, what drives the people that are attracted to R and D projects are very often the same people who would hate carefully deploying and manicuring projects. Yeah. And the vice versa. It's yeah. like. Uh, this great blog post by Rands and Repose around volatiles and stables, where the volatiles can build without any specs, and just twenty-four hours later you have a product. Hmm. The stables can't code unless they have the spec neatly thought right. through and and uh, refined. And you need you need both. Yeah, you do. And uh, so, how are you integrating? So, I, I want to get to what Studio Three actually—you know—we spoke about. You sort of a niche mm-hmm. that you've been very successful in. How, um, but how do you um, manage the integration of the R and D projects into your production environment or into your—you f- know—if R and D comes up with feature A. Mm-hmm. Do you have a process for for sort of folding it into the company?
1: Yeah, we normally get we get people who are involved in like you know, if we're building something for paid search, you know, we get people in that team and we get their we get their feedback. We just, you know, I think feedback's super important. So we we normally just share it with some people and get get beta tests going on. Uh, it's pretty easy, you know. We have a, a certain way to deploy a, a branch and get served that to a certain subset of users, and then they'll be seeing it while you know not affecting the production mm-hmm. application. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, there's there's a that's I guess one way that, oh. that we
0: do that. How many uh, R and D projects do you have going right now? We
1: have about two and three, a uh, two or three right now. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah, And the team size there is two or three people? Or? Yeah,
1: it's actually small. It's, uh, our CEOs were involved, so a CEO, and then I have uh, Ooh, another... big projects. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, yeah, we call them secret sauces or a side, <laughs> side sauce or something like that. Side sauce. <laughs> um, yeah, and then we have another uh, f- like full-stack in- uh, software engineer.
0: So... Tell me about the niche that you hit on, and kind of how that happened, because I think that's quite a quite an amazing success story.
1: Yeah, so I came in to the company about a year or two after it was assembled, but uh, it originally started with our our co-founder and one of his friends who was a doctor, uh, and they, you know, he was the doctor needed online marketing, uh, like SEO and probably other other forms, website management. So he. Learn how to do all this and developed a system that was working really well. And so they eventually were like, Hey, we should, we, this could help other doctors or other people in our, in our industry. Why don't we just try and try and do it for other, other people. And that's kind of how it's grown. And even to this day, we don't really do too many uh, outbound sales or any, any kind of marketing really for ourselves. Everything's word of mouth. And it's, it's kind of like a snowball effect. I think from that moment of working with, with that original doctor mm. going through the network, his network, and then, you know, going from there. Mm.
0: And do you have Powered by Studio 3 as a tagline to <laughs> all their websites?
1: Uh, yeah, a lot of them have like, you know, uh, I think design, uh, one of our big things is design. We're design and data first. Mm. So, design by Studio 3 marketing, and then yeah. online marketing, or yeah. marketing by Studio 3.
0: We we built a similar network for nonprofits and we found that our number one referral, referrer, was it that is. little tagline.
1: Oh, for sure. Especially for us, because SEO is one of our key services. And a lot of our clients, they kill it on, on search. So they're number one, page one, page two. And people notice that, you know, and their competitors notice that and they'll come to us.
0: But how does one, so you said, um, you said mostly um, what type of medical field?
1: So all sorts, but we do kill it in the aesthetic world. So this includes plastic surgery, medical spas, uh, you know, cosmetic dentistry, things like that.
0: And so SEO-wise, are you? Is it still Google and search terms? Yeah, it definitely is Google. So um, nose job, uh, North Hollywood, <laughs> mm-hmm. Boom, Studio Three. What? Well, yeah.
1: Yeah, if you look at like nose job, you know Beverly Hills is like big rhinoplasty is massive there. So yeah, you any I can, I'm not gonna put money on this, but I bet you that in most big parts of the country, of the big metropolitan cities, our
0: clients there number one. Hmm. Yeah, that's a that must be a compelling story.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, and then that's all our SEO team. We have a whole team that dedicates themselves to. Learning how how that machine works, even though nobody knows
0: and so then do you have case studies where um people can then say, "Hey, since I joined Studio three, my business has tripled or mm-hmm. oh yeah that's that's pretty, pretty common pretty simple in
1: fact our our um our losing losing rate of clients is very low. Like we don't, we hardly ever lose clients. Most people that come in, they, they stay with us. And if and if they leave us, it's not because of a, perpor- a performance <coughs> issue. It's you know for some other reason. But
0: yeah. And your uh, technology is something you guys built from scratch. Is it? Mm-hmm. To, so yeah. you built the. You said it's for sort of a flat file CMS. Yeah,
1: we have like a, a flat file CMS system set up with and, PHP, and you've
0: all you've built that all. Did you use a PHP framework at all? No, nope, no. Nope. I mean, we we do use a lot of
1: open source libraries and frameworks, but but nothing. Yeah, it's all you know built. Yeah, it was built by us. I love it.
0: So you have a uh, so we have something in common, which is we're both foreigners. mm Hmm. Uh, but you have a very special story, <laughs> in that you're a DACA recipient. That's right. So I would love to, I would love to, for you to tell us that story.
1: Sure, uh, at least I, that's what I can remember. I, I've been in the United States since I was about one or two years old. So I, I'm from stories that I gathered from my mom. You know, it was actually a very interesting. Very interesting journey for her uh, to, to you know, at one point decide, hey, I, I got to leave, you know, Mexico and, and come to the United States for a better life for, for my kids. And at the time, it was just me and uh, my older sister. Uh, she, you know, she decided this is what I need to do in order for us to survive. And a funny story is, you know, everyone, you know, there's coyotes, at least, I don't know, I guess there's still coyotes now, but this is, how, this is how it happened. Not too many people know this, by the way. My mom... Uh, hired these people it was like a family who had kids similar to us in age (laughs) and i was i was dressed as a girl and my sister as a boy and that's just how that's how it worked so we came in you know through a port of entry and it looked like we we were kids but my mom had to go through the rigorous journey of crossing the desert you know crossing the river the grande or whatever they call it and she remembers my sister at one point saying no i don't want to go with the other people. I want to go with you, and she almost did that. But in retrospect, she realized the journey, and there was points where she was crawling on the ground, and you know, blood everywhere. And she's like, "My, you know, I, there's no way this, you know, three or four year old girl would be even capable." Anyways, we, you know, she, you know, she went through that that enduring journey, and
0: so so you guys cross uh, through a border post mm-hmm. as part of another family. Mm-hmm. And why did you have to dress as a girl and a boy?
1: Because that the, our ages, right? So my sister was a little older, yeah. and I was a little younger. Uh-huh. And the family had an older son and, I, and a younger daughter, and so it was. Just oh, a, so
0: you went in as <laughs> that, their children? Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah,
1: and that's horrible now you think about it, but <laughs> <laughs> but that's what happened.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, you, and then your mom made it. Yeah, correct. And then you re- got you reunited. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And that in itself is also
1: something you got to, you know, that I, I, it's crazy that she was able to do that. She, you know, felt so compelled that she needed to separate us because what's the guarantee of either or not making it? You know, there's so much risk involved. Luckily, yeah, we ended up back together
0: in San Diego and yeah, that's crazy. And do you know what compelled her? I mean, apart from the obvious, is there something that, that I don't know that, You know that I could sort of have an understanding for what what's to go through that kind of ordeal.
1: Yeah, I think. I mean, honestly, I don't know. I know that um, even even now, where my grandparents live, like it's it's not very modernized. It's a you know pretty poor area with you know limited job opportunities, especially for. For her, at least at the time, so I I don't know. I think it could have been a multiple multiple factors, but mm. is but
0: this is this Guadalajara? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And I think at the time, you know, thinking about it like from a geopolitical point of view, I think it was after like the Reagan amnesty so i think at that time there was a big drive there was a big migration from that region over to to the united states because I, there was probably some hope that there would be another you know amnesty from from whoever was president at the time
0: mm. so so possibly your mother gets wind of that kind of thing happening in the states and yeah. then there's an opportunity that she then grabs yeah. to do that yeah and so then you you guys lived in San Diego for a while,
1: yeah. I I think I I don't know exactly how long, but I do remember going to pre K in San Diego. But everything else has been L A. like from kindergarten and, and up for me.
0: So then she decides to move with the four of you mm-hmm. up to L A. Yeah, the two of us. Yeah, and. I,
1: my dad was involved in certain parts. Mm. He was already in the United States, but, you know, they, they had so many mm, issues. Like, by yeah. that time, by the time we moved from San Diego to L.A., there was they no done. Okay. that. No no.
0: <laughs> and so tell me about the, the DACA process. Like, what? how did you get through that?
1: Yeah, so uh, luckily into 2012, Obama, President Obama at the time, you know, passed this executive order, which allowed people like me that were brought to the U.S. as children um, and who, you know, graduated high school and had no criminal record to apply for this thing called DACA. And so DACA is just a renewable work permit, basically. And it, and it allows you to, you know, one of the biggest things that allows you to travel domestically, like you don't have to be worried about being deported, I guess. Mm-hmm. That is, mm-hmm. that's the biggest thing, right? You're not going to get deported as long as you have DACA and you can work, which is, you know, the two big things that you really need to at least for or at least work, you know, you need work to survive. But as when you're an undocumented immigrant, having that safety of knowing you're not going to be deported, if you were to be stopped by a border patrol, that right there is a huge, just a stress reliever. Like you don't, I don't have to worry about that. But I, I had to for, you know, almost 20, 20 something years of my life. I had to worry about that. So 2012, no more an issue. I got it. And, I was, already in sc- I was already in college at the time, and so it helped because I was able to work now. And funny enough, I don't know, this is serendipity, but the day my work permit came in, I got a call from our um, math department, director of math, asking me if I wanted to work at, th- at college. And I was like, uh, yes, I can totally work. Let me do this. And so just kind of went from there.
0: What uh, what math
1: degree did you get? I didn't get a degree. I dropped out. I, you know, I started working at Studio. 3. Okay, so you, you kind of, quit. Uh, to do yeah, that. I was. Uh, yeah, I was. I actually wasn't a math math major. I was just a computer science major. And okay, cool. Uh, you know, I was just math came was easy to me. Uh, you know, certain types of math were easy to me, and so I was able to work and teach people that.
0: Yes. <laughs> how 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 so? How is this experience? So, so let me ask you this. Did do you have friends or did you know people who applied for DACA and didn't get it? Uh no. Okay.
1: But I will say this, I didn't know a lot of my friends or several of my friends were undocumented immigrants until DACA came out. It wasn't something that was spoken oh. of. You don't you know you don't
0: you don't share that information. Yeah, you don't
1: really share that information. So there was a few of my friends, I was like, Whoa, you're a DACA recipient too? Me too. So that was that was pretty interesting. Wow.
0: Yeah. And how how has that shaped you know, you're currently a leader in the tech industry, you're the CTO of a successful company, you're a job provider, you're a job creator, Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. but you've, you know, you've gone through a pretty tumultuous time, especially with your mother, and so how has all of that shaped you, do you think, moving forward, what, what? What what does this mean for Jesus? I
1: mean, it's it's just a drive, you know. Like I was so deprived of, of an opportunity uh, for all those for decades, and so for me, once I got DACA, it just just turned on, you know, the light. I was like, okay, cool, I can, I have some direction, I can go. I'm, you know, motivated to to you know conquer the world. That's 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 what it's always been, you know. So it's it's been a fantastic opportunity. Uh, you know, I was able to luckily somehow I was given the opportunities to grow within our company. And, you know, I'm very, I'm very, uh, thankful for that.
0: Mm. I, so I had a, uh, an experience at a border crossing between California and Arizona. And I was driving to Santa Fe, New Mexico. And, you know, it was a Friday afternoon. I jumped in the car and I just started driving and when I crossed into Arizona, um, you know, there was a line of cars and I opened my window and I heard the, what I now realize was border patrol. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I was, didn't know that that existed between states. And I, um, I as we were inching to, to, the, to the, the access point, I could hear the, um, border patrol agent ask, are you an American citizen? Mm-hmm. At that point, I was in the country for probably 18 months. And so now, as I'm inching forward, I can see that it's kind of one of those, you know, they're kind of just waving people through. Yeah, like and a checkpoint. Yeah, and, 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 but they're asking every car, are yeah. you a citizen? Yeah. Or a permanent resident? And oh, I tell you what, the four four minutes or so that it took me to get through i was agonizing over should i <laughs> should i try and fake yeah an american accent and just say <laughs> yeah or something yeah uh, and and risk it um or should i just be honest mm-hmm. and just say no mm-hmm. and i figured if i say no they're just gonna say well show me your driver's license and we're good so i decided to say that i wasn't wow and they you know they pulled me aside and i was like oh jeez and then they said where is your like show us your passport mm-hmm. and i didn't have my passport on me and um that started a 4 5 hour ordeal wow yeah and and I mean, and it's scary, you It know, was scary, man, because yeah. I had basically we had moved from South Africa to Germany and then from Germany to the States. So it wasn't like I had anywhere to go to except fly all the way back to South <laughs> Africa with nothing. Right. And, um, you know, I just started a new job and I was, and it, it was, it was, it was terrifying. And I tell you what, for those four or five hours, I've, the, a, I feel like the border patrol was a little bit of a reach. I mean, I felt like they were enjoying it a lot. <laughs> Threatening me. Oh, wow. Just telling me how they were going to deport me. Just using some, some really foul language to just tell me that I was in the wrong place. Yeah. Um, thankfully, I was able to dig through my 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 glove compartment and I saw a I had some mail items in there and one of the items was my social security card that had been mailed to me. Wow. But not the card, the, the other part of right. the envelope.
1: Yeah. 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 What ha- yeah. They usually, it has your name, right? And yeah, a, like, yeah. congratulations, here's your, yeah.
0: So I had one, I, so I had an H1B. I was in the country legally. Um, I just made this, I didn't think that I needed a passport to travel inside of the U S and you know, as a foreigner, your passport is, if you lose that thing, you are completely yeah, screwed. Oh so yeah. I didn't travel with it because I didn't want to lose it. Yeah, yeah. And so finally, like four hours, four and a half hours in, this the same dude who was just so smug came back to me and and said, you know, because I was able to show the, and I don't think that's true, but but he i think decided okay you know th- this kid is probably illegal yeah uh came back and said because i showed him the it's because it because it had the envelope with my mailing address right and it had the insert i had the social security thing again locked away with my passport <laughs> and um man uh that was that was one of the worst experiences of my life yeah i i, I can fully relate to that
1: um and even for for me, I, I there was a big you know before DACA, I kind of couldn't even travel. You know, I couldn't go anywhere. I even traveling to, to like Santa Barbara, I ref, I would refuse to because I was so scared of, of, of having or you know, an, uh, having a moment like that. I yeah, didn't want to experience exactly that, because all
0: it takes is someone to have a fender bender or you accidentally you know some yeah. vehicle accident. Everything changes. Yeah, yeah. Um, We've also had several, like I told you earlier, we've had several, uh, and by several I mean four or five times where when we fly back into the country, we're pulled aside into that small little office and, um, you know, you kind of get subjected to interrogation that is, you know, it sucks to feel so powerless, man. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, and there's you know definitely people out there that are experiencing it at much more difficult levels than we are. So you know uh, you know we're fortunate. No, I and
0: so. I, again I count myself as v- supremely <clears throat> fortunate, even having gone through those experiences. And so I, 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 I love your story, and it <laughs> just means that it, it really touches me. Yeah, I hope
1: I hope you know it brings about awareness. You know, I th- I think. There's a lot of DACA recipients out there that are in the technology space. There's a lot of programmers. You know, we we've all been here. I think you know all of high school, and and so I you know if if I can get more people to be aware of of, of this, you know, pol- you know political limbo that we're in, you know, it, it's it's great. It's mm-hmm. great. I I don't mind sharing that that part of my life mm-hmm. because I, I think more people need to mm-hmm. be talking about it.
0: And so with with the ICE thing that was going on, was that you know ICE was the checkpoints for immigrants, right? Mm-hmm. Was that going on in LA as well? And oh yeah.
1: Oh yeah. There, there, there was moments where there was raids all the time. You'd hear about them, you know, in the news. And those were so scary because some of them were actually very close to home. Uh, you know, just one wrong moment of being out going grocery shopping could have been that moment when you're gone. Yeah. That was a f- reality for me for, for years.
0: And so next steps for you would be uh, from DACA to, to citizenship or? Uh,
1: you know, I don't know. It just depends on what the, the people, you know, controlling the government decide to do. The, the, the biggest thing about DACA that people, I think, misunderstand is that is that we have other options. Like there's other options to, to become a citizen, but you're not. You actually don't. So when you're a DACA recipient, for the most part, what it means is that you either came to the United States either legally or illegally. Um, but now you're here, and there's no means to do anything else. So for me, there's a big subset of us that came to the U.S. illegally, right? And when you don't have a proof of entry when you come into the United States, you don't have like a stamp on your passport or anything like that. That base automatically closes all doors to any any pathways to citizenship or residency. There's no way. There's nothing you can do. Uh, the only thing you can do is go back to United States or to your original country and apply for it from outside but what happens then is because you came in Ill- illegally yeah, that's a it's, law it's, that you broke yeah. you get barred from entering the united states for up to 10 like 10 years sometimes even more and you almost n- rarely actually get the opportunity to 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 come back um, even you know i'm married i'm married to a u.s citizen and i don't have a pathway right now there's nothing even I can, not through marriage correct that's a big misconception because of the fact that I have no proof of ever entering the United States, so that just fully closes all closes all doors.
0: So that means that, uh, short of something exceptionally exceptional <coughs> happening in the government, correct. You have no pathway, correct. Huh. And then DACA also has an expiry, right? So every
1: two years, you have to go through the process. You you end up paying about five hundred bucks uh, f- as a processing fee, and you go and. You get your biometrics done. That's like mm, you know fingerprinting mm. things like that. And you know, if assuming they approve it, you you're good to go for another two years.
0: Okay, so uh, a very real future for you is an every two year as long yeah. as the system. Yeah,
1: yeah, I have to renew this year. In fact, I probably will do it sometime this week. I have to go submit my paperwork.
0: And and worst case scenario, you and your family have to leave.
1: Worst case scenario. Yes, but I w- I don't know if I could do that. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. No, I mean, there's there's nothing for me over there. I don't yeah, know anyone. Yeah, you know, yeah. I finally I for the first time this year I met my grandparents, my, my mom's parents, mm-hmm. and some of her sisters. they, so they that came here. They came here. Um, they visited for a little while, but that was it. That's the full extent of of who I met. <laughs> you know, in Mexico, hmm. and I have no recollection of that country. It's not. I don't. It's yeah, not home for
0: me. No, America's your home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Do you feel American? Oh yeah. I mean, in every sense, other than this this one little piece of paper, as you can say. Well,
0: I I really appreciate you sharing that. It's a to to you know I feel extremely fortunate. I think this is the greatest country on the planet, and I'm a part of it now. Yeah. I became a citizen last year, and it's it's huge. Yeah. Yeah, I I want I, I want that for
1: you. <laughs> I want that too. We all want that. I I know we're we're this is our this is our our home. We consider this the country the best country yeah, the, you know, yeah. out there. So hopefully all in due time. All yes. in due time. So
0: let's uh <laughs> let's end off with um sort of the scene. Are you are you immersed with other CTOs? Uh, what, what is what's happening for you in yeah, LA? Yes.
1: So in LA, uh you know, that's that's something that I'm I'm still looking for. I'm still searching for a community uh of CTOs. I'm you know i've gone to a couple meetups i think we we talked about it right before this this uh interview but yeah it's it's a big thing for me because i'm coming from a heavy engineering background and i'm now cto and it's no longer just engineering you know i now have to learn about business learn about working managing people and these are all things that i didn't really prepare for you know so i'm actively looking for that that community that mm. group of people mm. to to learn from because you know, I, we're not we're not the first company to to be in our certain stage mm. of growth, and I know that there's others that that have done it, and they're more than willing to share their their uh, ex, ex, expertise and, and and experience with with certain mm. struggles that, mm. that that arise. And so that's 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 my next thing. Mm. Uh, that's that's me right now. I'm mm. I'm still searching.
0: Yeah the uh, the what I found with my company was. There's a real breakdown that starts taking place around fifteen, sixteen, direct report or direct report slash employees mm-hmm. in the engineering team. It just starts getting you just. It's like having two versus three kids. It's just <laughs> you. You get completely outnumbered. You, yeah. you cannot. You cannot hold the issues and the challenges and the motivations and the screw ups yeah. in your head anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Do you already have some sort of? You said you got a flat structure. Yeah. Have you already started? Does each of those three groups of yours have like a lead? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, are they your direct reports? Or
1: yeah, yeah, we worked we worked together all the time. Um, but yeah, like I said, delegation is super important, mm. and I they don't have all you know enough hands to to manage everyone, and so we've delegated, delegated these 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 leadership roles. Within those 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 groups and, and you know they're doing mm. a fantastic job.
0: Well, I know we're in LA and I know the LA CTO forum is 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 a very popular network. I know they do multiple events and um Yeah, I'm gonna <coughs> check, the, check yeah, them yeah, out. Definitely check them out. Uh Tony, Carrere, um, those guys. It's it's dot org, cool. I believe.
1: I, I think there's also an event later this year, maybe Feb, it's um like a technology leadership role. It's in San Francisco. There's like a um, CTO of LinkedIn and all these big mm. companies are going to mm. be there. So that's that's something I, I definitely want to mm. want to check out.
0: And check out the 0111. CTO that's right that's in uh, march 29th yes, right that's vegas, right um and we're gonna have them in vegas portland san diego i will definitely be there so okay.
1: i'm gonna reach out to you and uh, you know you're gonna have to show me around not vegas but you know <laughs> amongst all these people i, I personally hate vegas it's uh,
0: <laughs> vegas is an acquired taste
1: <laughs> it's an acquired taste for sure but when you're with the right people i think it's yeah. definitely it makes a difference
0: Okay, Jesus, it's good All to right. meet you, man. Likewise. Cheers. Likewise. Thanks for having me. Have you chatted with the CTO lately? Yeah. Hi, thank you for listening to the CTO Studio. If you don't mind, take a quick second and please rate and review the show. It helps us a lot. Go to thectostudio.com for more information on what we're doing at 7CTOs. We also have a video or two for you that could be a helpful resource for you as you're managing your company. So thank you for listening.